0: Hello coaches, this is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. Welcome to Episode 55. Today we have the great pleasure of introducing, I think, probably the best PE teacher and innovator in our profession, Coach J.D. Hughes. J.D. Hughes has taught elementary physical education since 1995 in Douglasville, Georgia. He currently teaches at Muir Lake Elementary School. JD has received numerous awards, including the 2015 Georgia and Southern District Shape America Elementary PE Teacher of the Year, Kennesaw State's Outstanding Student, State University of West Georgia Specialist Student Award, and Outstanding Cooperating Teacher, Bright Star, and Muir Lake Elementary Teacher of the Year, along with the Gaper Acknowledgement Award. J.D. provides a challenging yet developmentally appropriate physical education learning environment, striving for motor skill and social skills development, physical fitness, and cognitive awareness as recognized by SHAPE standards. He works with students and families to promote physical fitness before and after school hours to Fit Club and Roadrunners Club. He also serves as a cooperating teacher and mentor for local colleges. He is a National Board Certified Teacher, 2001, holds a Master's in Education Specialist degree. J.D. is passionate, constantly striving to look for new ways to improve his teaching. To share his practice and strengthen the teaching profession. JD serves on the Gaper Board and ser- currently serves on the Advisory Board for the Best Practices and the Three to Five Lesson Plans Area, PE Central. JD has published five books and produced four related DVDs, including No Standing Around in My Gym, PE2 to the Max, PE2 to the Max 2. PE2, and Hyped Up PE. He has been the feature presenter and co-presenter at more than 140 local, state, and national workshops and conventions, sharing his ideas and enthusiasm for teaching with thousands of physical educators. Coaches and teachers, I just want to tell you, I'm so excited. I've been trying to get JD on for, for quite a while, and I know he's a busy man doing a lot of presentations. Matter of fact, we, um, I just came back. Recently from one of his presentations with him, Pete Charette, Dave Senecal. And matter of fact, I'm interviewing Dave Senecal um, tomorrow as well. I mean, you're going to get some great ideas with uh As matter of fact, I have all of his books. He's got great creative lesson plans. If you're an elementary PE teacher, this should be your Bible. <laughs> I mean, you should, be, you should get all of his books, which I do. Uh, it is an investment, but it's worth it. Coaches, let welcome, Coach J.D. Hughes.
1: What's going on?
0: <laughs> What's happening, my man? How you doing?
1: Just living the dream, brother, living the dream.
0: <laughs> what a great honor, man, to get the legend. I mean, this is great.
1: Well, you don't know me well enough to call me a legend. If you would have known me early on in my career, you'd be like, who is this guy?
0: Hey, but check out this lineup: Don Puckett, Pete Charette, JD Hughes, Ben Landers. I'm, I mean, it goes on and on, man. What talking talk about some great, some great people coming on the podcast, man?
1: Well, cool, man. I'm glad I could be a part of it. Yeah, those are definitely some studs you got there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I appreciate you coming on. Matter of fact. Um, I know I'm paying your salary, man, with all of the videos and books that I got from you. So I uh, appreciate everything you helped me out tremendously, man, with all the resources.
1: So I appreciate you. Well, I'm glad that I can be a help. And, yes, keep paying my salary, brother. Stopping the kid. That's expensive.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Now, can you hear me okay? I just want to make sure sometimes the – um, it's hard to hear and so forth, Through, Are you good?
1: I can hear you fine. Every once in a while, you kind of break up.
0: Absolutely. And um, <clears throat> just tell me if that happens. You can't hear a question, whatever. I'll be glad to repeat it. Um, but thanks again, man, for, for taking the time out. And, uh, hey, tell us a little bit, because I already gave a preview of what you have done, what you have accomplished earlier. Um, and tell us about, like, your journey of how you kind of got into PE and how, where you are now and, and, and your love and joy of teaching elementary kids and all the stuff you're doing right now. Tell us a little bit how you got into that.
1: Well, well, first of all, it's my pleasure. I can I can talk about this stuff all day long. So thank you for providing an outlet for people who love what they're doing to share. So I appreciate you, Kevin. Um, I'll be honest. I, uh, I got into... Education because I wanted to coach. I, I I played baseball in high school and a little bit in college, and 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 fell in love with working with kids. And that was my 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 first thought was, you know what? I want to coach. I want to work with kids in baseball and football, and started that started that avenue, and got my first job at a high school and was coaching, and realized that that high school physical education was not for me it was roll the ball out kind of an atmosphere and I thought that life was easy and that I could focus on coaching but I was bored out of my mind and to make a long story short I ended up in an elementary school and 60 some odd kids come rolling in that first day and I had I thought I had lost my mind and that God had played a silly joke on me. And, um, I believe it or not, fell in love with those kids, but realized that I was not prepared as an educator for what I was about to embark on.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because your, your journey is kind of a little bit, so it's similar to mine, but, um, I love how I'm love how i I'm really following so many great elementary PE teachers, and they've all had kind of similar journeys. I mean, um, and there's certain teachers that can't handle the elementary. What has led you to kind of find your niche in elementary PE? It's always interesting to hear.
1: Well, I'll be honest. I, I struggled early on because I didn't. I didn't know. I mean, I I had an education. That's basically all I had, but I did not have the skill set to work with one 50 to 60 kids. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have the, the research, the, you know, reading the books and all that. I, I could not find the activities and the games out there that got everybody moving. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew one thing I did. Kids needed to be moving and, and active. I, they didn't come see me every day, so I needed to maximize their act. And that's kind of where I started. I realized that something had to change, and I just wanted to change it for myself. I didn't realize that, you know, years down the road, after all the stuff that I wrote and designed, that most people were having that, you know, same problem with their kids. You know, they, they didn't know how to deliver the content, and they didn't know how to get everybody active and moving and maximizing their participation. Those, so that's kind of where I started. And as I began writing games, it was really just tweaks of games that were currently out there. And of course, one of my main go-to um, resources was the Great Activities Newsletter. And you know, with Artie Camilla. and and he gave me that gave me a bunch of ideas so i just built from that but again most of the stuff out there was designed for 30 kids in a classroom people were taking turns relays calling kids numbers out and all that and i had 60 kids so that means that lesson not only it was twice as hard to do it and twice as many kids were not active so the the whole idea um, behind no standing around in my gym. That's actually the thought process that came about was, or the, the t- that title came about because that one. I, I didn't want kids sitting around and watching and taking turns. So that was kind of my, I guess, my motivation, and that's where it kind of all started for me.
0: Yeah, and I love that, and I've learned so much from you. I just want to tell you. I mean, you're a, you're a true mentor of mine, along with many others guys but i I tell you i I love your games approach but what i love about it and what i have taken to my classes and i really appreciate that is maximum movement activity less talk um the kids need to be actively involved and sometimes it's chaos right it's controlled chaos in all your games and and i think when other PE teachers see that they go man these guys you know you know, it's constant, constant movement. And then I, then I also see where I see a lot of, you know, other PE teachers that are not using that. Um, And I'm going, man, man, thank God I have a great mentor like you really teach because the kids love that. They love to be moving. Don't they?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, I, in my, as I started trying to figure out who I was, I, I struggled with the, all the things that were out there that were so good, that I felt like I wasn't an adequate teacher, and I, I come to the realization that there is no cookie cutter plan on how to deliver our content, because the places that I've been, when I even doing workshops from the places that I've, I, I've taught over the years, there is no. Cookie cutter plan on how to deliver it. There's no one school that's the same. Facility, gym space, class size, budget, schedule. Sure, you know everybody's different, and sometimes we get caught up on. Well, we have to use technology. We have to use. um, You have to project it out there. You have to use the shape standards, or you know, every what you have to do. And I'm like, you know what? There's so many different ways to. Share your passion and your love, and that's what you need to focus on. As long as you're um, getting the content out there, um, there's so many different avenues that we can take to be an effective teacher. And I kind of list those in my in my sixth book. I, I list those as the negotiables: how you do choose to deliver the the education, I guess. To kind of sum it up, is where you're what you're strong in and what you're passionate in run with it and go with it and then just and and absorb the stuff from around you and take from people that you see you know know, i like that technology piece all right that that helps me in this area i love that that assessment piece i like that but so many times people are preaching to us like this is the way you have to do it and that's where i kind of get thrown off and i disagree so those are the negotiables what i I want to share with you are like the non-negotiables the things that I feel like you know what regardless of what paths we do we choose to to teach our students there are three things that I feel like you know what these are the non-negotiables and this is what I've kind of came up with over the years that I feel like this is what a healthy thriving physical education program has you know And the three things are since being physical is the one thing that sets us apart from all other disciplines, we must use our physical education platform to love and nurture our students wellness. That has to be a non-negotiable. I believe that the quality movement-based PE program provides the ideal avenue to strengthen our students' self-worth and self-esteem while building their PE and social skills through movement. That's, that's, is a number one priority of mine. I, secondly, and you've seen my games, I'm not doing it unless it's fun. If the PE experience is not fun mm-hmm. or and engaging, I, uh, I've got to figure out another way to do it, or I will just, I will table that. And the final thing that I feel like is a non-negotiable: um, we need to promote the pursuit of lifetime fitness, or we can we can promote the pursuit of lifetime fitness if we can create a variety of choice-driven physical education experiences i believe everything that i roll out it still needs to provide some type of choice within the atmosphere so those are kind of my non-negotiables that's kind of my philosophy that is just kind of all summed up in the 24 years that i've been teaching
0: yeah matter of fact it makes a lot of sense matter of fact i was going over uh your i was looking at your non-negotiables today and um I mean, I, I love that. I mean, I, I absolutely love that. And thank God I actually apply many of those. But I'm, all, I'm, I'm a work in progress as well. You mentioned one thing, um, fun. If, if, you're, if you're not having fun and enjoying it, the kids aren't. I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? And, and the kids will tell you right away whether they're enjoying it, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, a lot of times it shows in the behavior. You know, if yeah. you're having a lot of issues with behavior and all that, I mean, there were many years where I'm like, this, you know, i just labeled the class, this is that bad class, or these kids are just terrible. When it, when it, when I looked back at things, I'm like, wait a minute. What I was rolling out, what I was presenting to them, the way that I set it up for them, it wasn't age appropriate. They were just figuring out ways to make it fun. And that was creating the all task, you know, cheating or breaking the rules of the game because they were bored and they, they weren't enjoying themselves. They were trying to figure out how to make it fun. So it was my fault. And that's what I had to come to the realization.
0: Yes. And, and um, I, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a scenario and you help me out a little bit here and kind of give me your philosophy. Um, I I utilize games in all of my activities, but today uh, we're we're in the uh, throwing and catching units. Yep, and uh, we I had a, a group of four kids, and we actually had uh, different types of balls um, and different types of things they can throw. And I always think that's a good idea, but um, you know we're showing them you know the, you know basic skills of throwing and catching. And after a while, man, the kids get bored, man. So. Um, you can't do that the whole class. So we went right into our – we play a a little game called our pinball game, and I added – I had like three or four different balls and Uh different types of things they can throw. But I'm telling you, the technique we worked on wasn't really good until we started playing the game, and they weren't thinking they were just having fun.
1: I mean, that's my philosophy in a nutshell. Basically, I break my curriculum down into a K-2 unit, And third through fifth grade unit so in a year's time what i'm doing with k2 is skills 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 whether it's teacher led through stations whatever whatever it is we're working on the basics then when the third fourth and fifth graders come in i don't i don't really stick go with the stations or the teacher led stuff i now put them in a game environment where the skill that I want them to work on is within the game, and a lot of times there's multiple skills going on within the game, but I have learned that, man, the the learning and the progression just go it, it goes so much better when the kids are enjoying what they're doing as opposed to okay, let's let's put a fifth grader in a station. Let's practice. You got to throw it back and forth ten times successfully catching it. Well, let's put that game that activity or that skill within the game where they're choosing where they're going and where they're throwing and what they're doing, it, it totally, it, it gives them ownership to it. Plus they're enjoying the not so confined, you know, over or hyper focused on just one thing. Cause that can get boring. So I'm a firm believer in what, you know, it's gotta be fun, but you can, you can accomplish pretty much anything in your classroom, if you build it around fun and I don't know, does that make sense? Does that help you out?
0: That makes a lot of sense. because I'm a really believer in that because that's actually how I coach my, I coach basketball as well. I believe it's, you got to go in reverse order. I know this is going to sound crazy. I think you almost have to do a games approach back to a technique because I think the kids start understanding the technique better. Does that sound that's that that sound strange? No. Um and that's what I do a lot with my kids. I do it's it well I I actually start with technique, then go with games, then come back with technique. So definitely at the end so we always close with that, hey, these are the things that you can take from that. So um but I think the kids got to have fun. They got to they got to be a games approach. Talk about your games approach. This is one thing I got from you from the the great seminar you, Pete, and Dave did just this, this this recently, and I love that. You guys did a great job with that seminar. Hopefully, you guys do more of those. I love your variety. I do not do the same game every day. I might do it two days. Why do you believe variety is so important in uh, your PE classes?
1: Well, there's a, there's a number of reasons, but when the kids come into the gym and they see an activity, they're like, oh, we've done this before, or, oh, this is, this is the same thing as this. It, I, I, I want to steer them away from monotony. I want them coming into the gym going, okay, what is going on today? Because we have not done the same game all year, and they're open to, hey, the, I mean, the energy's there, the excitement's there. Okay, what, what's coach going to be rolling out today? What are we learning today? And when you have that approach – It is more work for me as a physical educator. I mean, I see the whole school in two days. So that's out of 180 days. That's basically almost 90 lessons. Now, there are some units where we spend time in gymnastics and and dance and game creations and our basketball units. But for the majority of the year, especially third through fifth grade, we're basically playing a new game every time they come in. Now, when with that obviously comes more teaching on my end, but it also helps with that kids coming in going coach, you know what? Soccer is really not my thing. Right. And, right. You know, we, we did a soccer uh, game this week and I'm like, Hey guys, I totally understand that, but you know what? We're only going to spend a day on this and had someone introduced soccer to me as a kid, I might've stepped out of my comfort zone and went and tried and played it, but no one ever taught that to me. So, Today, this unit, this lesson is for kids that maybe soccer might be their thing. But you know what? If I, if I said, you know what, since you don't like soccer, we're not going to teach this soccer lesson, well, what about when we roll out basketball or the basketball games or the different things that we do? I'm like, does that mean that kid that says he doesn't like basketball and take that away? So they kind of understand, you know what? Coach, coach's job is to expose us to as many different skills that he possibly can so that they can get an average to above average skill set, and then they step out and they start focusing on the actual, um, you know, sport or thing that they want to do. So that's my job, and I tell them that. So I'm going to expose them to as many different things as I can so that they can step out one day and choose what they enjoy doing. Another thing that helps with that approach is a kid can't go you know, we do the same thing every day. I'm bored and and it gives me an excuse to, you know, cheat or do things off task because they know in my class, Hey, if you get caught cheating or if you get, if you're making poor decisions, you know what, you're going to sit out the rest of the game. I I will eject them from the game. So now they're sitting over there going, okay, wow. I, I won't get to see this game again until the next school year. And, you know, if, if it's a game that I played 5, 10, 15 times during the year, well, then they're like, well, I'll just catch it on the next go-round. And it doesn't carry as much weight with them. So that helps out with a lot of my behavior, my, my, my cheating, the things like that. They know if they get caught making poor choices, then they could be eliminated from the game and not get to see it again till the next school year. So that helps out a lot too when you're bringing something new to the table every day.
0: Yeah. And I love that when you said that at the seminar, I, I think you're a little bit different. Uh, I, I'm in a nine weeks. Uh, we have nine weeks PE and we have, I have a different group every nine weeks, but I have them every day. So wow. there's kind of good and bad with that. So, but I, I love that. I think your situation, man, that's perfect. Uh, I think you have a little leverage right on their behavior.
1: Absolutely. And I learned that you need all the leverage you can get with these <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> That's
1: another skill set that when I went, when I came out of, you know, college, there was there was no behavior or classroom management strategies in my repertoire. I I didn't know. I, I mean, I I knew that at my old school, if you were a coach, you just automatically had respect. Well, those times have a changed. It doesn't. <laughs> that means nothing anymore. So. I had to figure out strategies that, okay, how do I get kids to to buy in? And well, one, I bust my tail to bring something new to them every day. They see that. Um, two, one of the big things that I did when I started writing games, I got tired of the kids arguing and fighting and the lack of teamwork and all the stuff that, you know, I'm like, that's what I was dealing with as a counselor. I'm like, of a counselor than I'm an ed- education teacher so I started realizing Wait a minute. If, if I'm designing these games you know what I want to start designing these games where they're working in small groups and that athlete that just excels in everything if I put him in this group with his kids and they got to learn how to communicate and talk and and share ideas and take turns and listen to each other if they can't figure that out then they're going to be unsuccessful in my games and that kind of what I call it an equalizer. I, I created games where, hey, if you don't have these skill sets, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete. You will not um, dominate. It'll be those kids that understand that it's a balance of all kinds of things in this class that you've got to learn. Otherwise, you're going to be miserable and losing. And, and a lot of times you realize, wait a minute, if coaches let me choose my groups, maybe I need to choose a better set of friends to hang out with and work with. So a lot of those things now, everything is kind of on them. They're deciding their groups. They're deciding the positions they play. They're It's all choice driven, which is one of those three non-negotiables when they mm-hmm. come into class that they decide on what they're going to contribute to this day in, in this class.
0: Yeah. And you've been great. I, that's one thing that, um i love i love when you definitely emphasize that in the seminar i love that impact of choice and i I, that's one thing i really took from you and it's made my classes so much better hey they can play or they can sit out right
1: right absolutely now i again i give them that choice i mean if a kid comes in says coach i don't want to play well if i've never had an issue with a kid obviously i'm not like obviously there's something wrong with you hey yeah go have a seat but That kid that's saying, Hey, I don't want to do this today. Well, I already know a few things about him or her. They've had, they realize whatever game is out there, it's going to be one of those games where they got to work with others and communicate a skill set they don't have. And I will tell them, Hey, you can sit out, but if you choose to sit out, you're going to have to sign my clipboard. And, of course, I always stop and use that opportunity because they're like, wait a minute, if I sign a clipboard, what does that mean? And I tell them, it means that I get to pick a day that you have to sit out of. I'm not going to argue with you for not participating, but I will be disappointed. And, of course, this point's off their grade, which I'll document, but it doesn't mean a whole lot at that moment. And I remind them I get to pick. And most of the time they're like, well, we're just playing this for one day, right? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Just give me your best. Like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. But sometimes they'll stick to their guns. And I'm like, all right, we'll sign my clipboard and I will be, I will be spiteful to make a point, to prove a point <laughs> down the road. Right. I'm like, that kid, he'll come in a few weeks later and it's one of those games that's like the game and the kids know it. I will uh, set the game up, get ready to start it. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me go check my clipboard. You know, hey, hey, Johnny, I'm going to cash in my day today. And then the other kids are like, oh, my gosh, not today. And it just kind of sets the presidents of them like, hey, I never want to be Johnny. I'll just play no matter what. And then Johnny's not mad at me. He can't get mad. I did not get mad at him. I encouraged him to play, but he chose not to. But I do take the time to spend with Johnny and go, you know, dear. once the game's going and they elected, to, hey, I'm not playing today. I'm going to go over there and the, what I spend most of my day doing is teaching life skills you know, to kids. It's not the actual physical skills. It's like, hey, bud, I know why you didn't want to participate today. And, of course, they're going, well, they did this. It's, it's always someone else. I'm like, you know what, to be honest, I've been watching you, and when you're in small groups, you tend to be bossy or you tend to not listen to your kids or you're clowning around when your team wants to take it seriously. And that's why they don't want you on their team. And that's why you're struggling in these small groups and why you didn't want to participate today. So I just try to make it real for them. And because, I mean, I feel like physical education is the best platform to teach life skills because you're working with tons of kids at a time and they're having to work around each other and with each other. And that's that's why I love this field because there's so many more things other than just physical skills that you can teach these kids if done well.
0: Yeah, if done well, yes, and I, I totally agree with you there. I think kids learn more in PE classes if done well than their academic classes. I know it's a controversial statement, and there's so many things. If 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 the right intentions from the teacher, right, are good, right. I mean, I, and I love again your 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 choice. I think you're really teaching them great life lessons. And sometimes, you know what, they got to live with their bad choices, right? Just like life.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about now. I, I don't know how you think of your games. I'm a very creative person and I, I go through that. I go, man, had JD. I get this idea. Um, and I know you put a lot of time and effort is one thing that you see in PE now is that teachers are lacking that creativity. They're just not taking the time out. I think for elementary, you got to be a creative
1: innovator, right? Yeah, you know what? I get asked that question a lot, and I'll be honest i I never knew that I was going to be a creative person. Never was growing up, not, you know, nothing like that. Ne- did, definitely didn't enjoy writing, but I don't know i I saw a problem, I and I just set out to to just fix my my issues with the games and. you know literally I would go into my equipment room and I would just sit there and just kind of in a daze during you know my my planning periods and I just you know I'd start just thinking of ideas and then when that wasn't it was you know going to conferences um it was you know looking at PE Central or wherever I could go and just whatever inspired me and sometimes just the most random thing you know when I came up with the the hula huts it was that was well, that was the random thing I was just at a workshop and the guy just built a geodome and I saw it I'm like that is so cool but he has no activity <laughs> with it and I'm like I didn't like the name I didn't like you didn't move you just kind of sat in it and I just I I I took the idea and ran with it. I came up with the uh, the title hula huts and of course yeah. that has become a just a phenomenon all over the world it seems like with all the different things people are doing with it. And another example was I have a fit club that I do in the morning before school on Mondays and Wednesdays. And we were using those therapy bands, you know, you can cut them different sizes and, and there's different strengths and all that. And I was using those and the kids would, we were, we were doing different um, resistant bands. Well, I found the bands that have the handles on them with the tubing. I'm like, man, I love these things. So then I had all of this spare exercise bands and I was about to throw them all away, and I and I saw a little bitty ball on the ground. I'm like, okay, this band, that ball, and then the whole slingshot game started coming about, and <laughs> just just things like that that just hit me that I'm like, how you know? People ask me, how do you come up with that? And I'm like, I have no idea. And there'll be times I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm on my phone to because I, I I have a horrible memory, and I'm calling my my office phone and just leaving a message saying hey this game with dice and noodle pieces and, and try to figure something out so just things like that and i mean i've i am counted not too long ago in the six books there's like 150 plus games that i've written that i mean i don't even do half of them anymore you could probably say hey yeah i do this game and i'm like yeah i don't even remember how to play that
0: but,
1: <laughs> but that's, right. that's the whole idea it's just having a ton of activities and picking the stuff That appeal to you or what line with what you're wanting to teach and do. So I think I got off on a tangent on that, but that's kind of my whole, you know, coming up with new games and things like that.
0: And I, I got a lot of PE teachers and coaches that listen to the podcast and tell us how, first of all, somebody may, might not be familiar with you. How can, How can PE teachers now get more creative in their resources other than uh, you mentioned it already on that. And obviously they need to, they need to get your books, but what do you recommend for them to take whatever they have and really kind of expand upon it and be more creative with what they have?
1: Well, what actually made me a better writer or, or, or creating games was when I first started traveling to do workshops, I did not, I couldn't carry all the equipment with me. I mean, I was writing games based on what was in my equipment room and I had, you know, if I could get it, I bought everything I possibly could get. And then realized, wait a minute, I can't do scooters and teach people scooter stuff because not everybody has access to scooters. And I couldn't, there's a lot of things I couldn't do. So I just started creating based on, Hey, these dice right here, how many games can I come up with dice? You know, or how many games could I come up with those slingshots? Because when a teacher makes an investment and if a lot of teachers are like me, I have to raise my money. So when I, when I do raise that money or one, if I can't get it free, then I'm going to stretch that dollar as far as it'll go. And I'm not going to invest in a one kit that I'm going to pull out once or twice a year. I'm going to go, you know what? I've got eight games I'm using with these dice, so here i got the dice. I'm using these wristbands. I'm buying tons of wristbands. So as far as the creativity, I would, it wasn't necessarily being creative. It was like, wait, based on the equipment I have, how many things can I do based on this equipment? And so I would show up with a bag full of equipment, and I would do a full-day workshop. So if a teacher goes, well, I don't have the money to get all this, you know, get the equipment. I'm like, look, I just taught you 20, 30 games a day based on what was in my bag. So that, that, that don't make, don't let that be an excuse, you know. And, you know, if there's – I'm the kind of person that go with your strengths. If there's certain things that you really enjoy doing, take it and run with it. Use, utilize the technology for those areas that you might struggle in. I mean, I, I love to dance and I love to teach dance, but some people struggle in that. That doesn't mean don't do it. It means, hey, you know what? Go on Twitter or go on YouTube, pull it up, and show it on your um, your Promethean board or, or your screen if you have you know, that capability. You know, if you don't have that capability, like I don't have that, I'm like, well, if, you, if it's important to you or you feel like it's part of the curriculum it needs to be done, it's time for you to learn it, and get out there and do it, you know. So, I don't know if that really answered your question.
0: Oh, it, yeah, it, it did, it did. It can, well, I think what you do great is you make people think, and I think you're great teachers. I think they 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 got to do it on their own, like you're saying, but you have to open up your mind, man, and grow. <laughs> I mean, you have to get out and and be a great learner. All right,
1: right. And I mean, I don't think. I mean, I think every teacher is creative in their own way, but it's okay to, I mean, that's, that's what, you know, kind of gave me a second business to travel and do workshops and sell books and all that. Cause some people don't have that, you know, well, I can't come up with that fresh new game, but you know what, here's JD, here's Ben Landers, here's Pete Charette, Dave Senecal, Don Puckett, Chip Candy. They've got some cool ideas. Let me, let me take that idea and tweak it and make it work for my kids. Because like I said, there is no one program that is exa- exactly the same as the other. So I don't mind you taking hula hut throw down and creating <laughs> your version off of that. It doesn't, that's okay with me because you're making the experience for your kids, you know, meet their needs and tweak it the way you want to. I'm totally cool with that. Um, you know, sometimes you get a little frustrated. You see when a, a game out there that someone's presenting. I'm like, well, that's obviously my game. Just, you know, a little shout out going, hey, I, I, I tweaked this game off of J.D. User's game or, you know, these noodle games off of um, Chad Triolet's noodle book. Or, you know, so, you know, make sure you give props to the people that you do get the ideas from, you know, because it may steer them to a direction going, you know what, that hula huts, where did that come from? Oh, that's JD. And then they can go and, and maybe check that out and maybe, you know, check out our websites and even get more ideas from that. So it's, it's OK, you steal. Stealing is, is totally cool with me. But when you're sharing it, whether, you know, on YouTube or through Twitter and all that, it, it's, it, it's, very, it's respectful and it's very much appreciated when you kind of share. Hey, here's the actual this is where I got the idea from. And even if you want to share those games, I have people holler at me all the time going, hey, man, I love your risky business game with the stock market, and I love your hula hut stuff. Can I share that at our state conference? And I'm like, absolutely. And I will send them you know, the lessons, and I'll, and I'll, of course, I'll send them the information if they actually want the games and stuff down the road or whatever. I give them that information. I'm like, run with it. Have a good time with it. That's, that's what I appreciate.
0: Oh, no doubt about that. Matter of fact, um, uh, I'm, I'm picking up a lot of things from a guy named Justin Cahill. You probably know him. Yeah. Uh, man, he has – I mean, he's got some great activities, man. I, I mean, I, I'm stealing from him um, all the time. And and there's so many great elementary PE teachers. Now, t- but let me ask you this. Are I know Dave Senecal teaches middle school, and he's one of a kind, man, because – I don't know if, if it's that much creativity and planning are going into the middle school PE. Are we cutting back on middle school PE? What's going on with middle school?
1: In, in my experience, you know, with I mean, I, I, I've traveled and done 150, 160-plus workshops all over the nation. And if, if you were a middle school or high school presenter and you came up with some new innovative stuff, kind of how Dave's doing, Um, there's just a few other people like that Man, you would be working nonstop you could probably quit teaching and do it full-time because (laughs) I don't the reason I ended up in an elementary school is because even in the mid-90s what I saw my middle school experiences my high school experiences from student teaching and whatever I thought it was just the kids were terrible right when I look back the teachers were roll the ball out, coaches, and I, I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking them because I was that person coming out. I was a coach that had a, had a roll the ball out skill set, dodgeball didn't have any other skill sets, but that that seems to be the trend. Our middle school and high school teachers, not all of them, but a high percentage of them, are coaches. And they're spending ninety percent of their time on their coaching and ten percent of their time on the teaching. And they're just going what's easiest. And there's so many avenues, so many opportunities to teach these middle schoolers and high schoolers. In my county, I feel like um, you know, it's when they when they leave me, I, I almost feel like I have to take the ownership. Hey, hey, fifth grader, you know, your fitness and your activity is basically your choice. The rest is up to you to stay active because they can go to a middle school in our county and not have PE for three years. If they're taking course or they're in band, you know, they're, they miss PE. And then when they get to high school, I believe there's only one semester credit they have to take. And that's not even a PE class. It's like a you know, uh, it's one of those becoming physically educated kind of classes where they're learning fit, principle and all that kind of basic stuff. They're doing that one semester out of the four years. You know, unless you're pursuing a sport or you're, you're choosing to be in weight training and all that, there's not a lot of programs where the kids are like, I, I have to go be in that middle school PE program because this is what they offer or this high school program. It's, it's basically your athletes that are just going in there and and it's, it's it's a sad situation, and I just see it keep getting worse and worse and worse. So, um, that's my opinion.
0: I agree, and uh, and the guy, I mean, and I know Dave is, I mean, he's one of a kind. I mean, I'm actually talking to him tomorrow. I mean, I got two legends back to back.
1: You got to calling me a legend. I still got a long ways to go, brother.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I am, and I'm still going to call you that. Um, but uh, and that's that's something that. I think we got to fight as PE teachers to keep PE in the middle school and high school, because I, I, I see it up front, middle school and high school, how, how it's, how it's done and so forth. Uh, there's just not enough creativity, lesson planning, teaching. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think it's up to the administration to take control of that, but uh, that's an, that's another podcast, I guess.
1: Um, <laughs> well, I a lot of, a lot of middle or elementary school you know, high school, a lot of them are not exposed or given the opportunities to gi- be given staff development. I would say most school systems do not offer it for their physical education teachers. Now, places, they offer it so much that they kind of take it for granted. But if that were the case, if they were, if most school districts were offering physical education um, workshops and staff developments for their districts, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, have to teach i could do this full-time not not that i would but you know i do one or two workshops a month i mean that's not even that's that doesn't touch anything as far as all the school systems i mean you know most school systems don't offer that they just say hey physical education teachers go to this math staff development or to this you know whatever and they're not offered that so they're coming out of college with a great degree and great head knowledge Mm-hmm. They just don't have the skill sets and the creativity and the they don't know all the things that are out there available to them. Now, yet, if they would step out of their comfort zone and get on Twitter or, or, or go join their state association and all that, they, they could get more ideas. But some people, you know, it's not that they had to be spoon-fed, but it was like, hey, our school district's offering this. Come to it. And when they come, they're like, wow. I didn't realize stuff like this was out there, so I would love to see more of that offered in our school districts. And a lot of it's the principals and our and our um, our, our central offices stepping up and saying, "You know what? We need to provide some training for these guys." Uh, I think that you know would help them out. That's that's what I would love to see.
0: So you're saying um, bring guys like yourself into. As many school districts as you can, but of course that's a. But you need you're doing that already, but or or, or you're just running you're just running your separate, um, seminars, right? You're actually not going into school districts traveling well,
1: most, or. Most of my jobs are school districts hiring me. You know, what, okay. What I did with Pete and Dave was a like kind of a we. That was our first time doing that, just teaming up. But most of my jobs are, you know, Texas. ISD and say, hey, we want you to come work with our our, our people. Now right. but if most schools were doing that, I would have a job every day. You know, I'm doing one or two a month in the nation. That's not a whole lot, you know, in the scheme of things. And there's not a ton of us doing that. You know, I could probably name off about 10, 15 people that are doing something like this on a regular basis. But when you count up all the school districts in this nation, you know, you're you're talking most most people just aren't getting the opportunity so, to, you know, to go to these workshops and all that. So, yeah, I, I'd love to see this, the school district step up and, and and bring in staff development for their people once every few years, just to kind of say, hey, we need to get everybody on the same page. And, and then and, and then there would be accountability once they do it. Because, I mean, you talk to any presenter and you say, hey, who's your typical audience that participates? If you have a K-12 workshop, you have 100 people there. What do you see participation wise? Well, 80% or 60, 70, 80% of your people on the floor learning the activities is going to be elementary PE teachers. Yeah, elementary for with sure. Yeah. A handful of middle school high school. Well, where are the middle school and high school folks? Well, they're talking with their buddies about coaching. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's what, if you were to ask your average person, I think that's what they would say as far as a presenter. Um, and that's just reality. And we've embraced it. And you know it is what it is. Again, I was that coach years ago, and some of them are just uh, they—they're afraid to step out of their comfort zone because a lot of teachers think, okay, if I have to change my roll the ball out curriculum out, man, that's going to provide so much work for me to do that. And in the beginning, it's going to take some time, but if they would make that investment, they would enjoy their classes so much more that they would go so much smoother. They would have less behavioral issues they would have more buy-in and participation but it's just apparently it's a hard transition thank goodness i don't ever have to do that um, because i have the buy-in but you know there's there's definitely a problem but you know then there's not the accountability on top of that that you know that needs to be there and it doesn't need to be accountability hey your lesson plan needs to be 100 pages long and it needs to explain every single thing you're going to do that's i'm totally against that but it's it's like what a what are you offering these kids today? What are, where are they getting the buy-in? What are, What is the learning taking place? It's just basic stuff and getting them active and moving.
0: Yeah, if we truly care about the kids, we need to care about all the kids, even not just the, the athletes, not just the um, the kids in the middle. We need to care about the kids that are very uh, shy socially, that are not as athletic. I mean, that's a sign of a great PD teacher. And I know your classes, man, you try to – you try to adapt and, and really have all three of those levels of kids enjoy your class. Say, man, I love Coach
1: U's PE classes, right? Absolutely. That's that's exactly what I want. Because when you at the end of the day, when that senior graduate, how many of those seniors are graduating that high school within in their mind going, I want to pursue some type of fitness. You know, I'm not. I'm not the best baseball player, volleyball, or I'm, I'm not. But you know what? Fitness is important. And I want to pursue it. That really is the end result. What we need to do. But how many kids that could care less about anything physically, physical movement based, because of their experiences through elementary, middle school, and high school? And I, I, I bet we would be blown away what percentage of kids have no desire whatsoever to pursue that. You know, it's up until later that they make that decision themselves but we're losing so many kids you know because we are building we're we're creating stuff based on the kids that are athletes you know and right, right a small percentage of our school that are the athletes it's those other things that we can offer to get all the other kids engaged without it being that stressful you know athlete dominated you know class you know that's that's where we're losing but you know what that's i'm in the elementary world and i just see it in the middle school and high school so there's definitely a problem how to fix it i don't know but um we're definitely we're we're losing a very high percentage i would say 60 70 percent of our kids um to you know just the lack of quality and what they're seeing in their middle schools and high schools that i would love to see change
0: yeah, and that's up to us you know, PE teachers to really try to push for that. And, uh, yeah, we, we just need better PE teachers and so forth, or better training. Now, what do you think about this? I only have a couple more questions for you, J.D., because I know you're a busy guy. What do you think about, you know, let's say you have a top level of Dave Senecal, JDU's Pete Charette, Ben Landers, almost almost being the major presenters, and then having really kind of getting some some soldiers underneath you to also do a lot of presenting, almost doing like another training at each level so we can send more teachers out to these districts, you know, just just, just teaching better lesson plans and teaching better methods. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, I've had a student teacher for the last – up until this year, I've had one the last 22 years, and I, I kind of see it like that, you know, taking, you know, kids under your wing and showing them the ropes. That's what I, I've done most of my career, and I love that, and I love that idea. How you would go about doing that, I don't know, right. but I mean, I, I would totally, that, to be honest, my ideal college class that like, I, I don't want to, I would love to go teach co- a college class, but it would, I don't want to do it the way it's being done. If I could go in there and teach them the stuff that I've learned over my career, you know, Hey, you've got the pedagogy, you have the knowledge. Now let me show you how to make it practical every day and, and get buy-in from your staff, from your, from your students. Um, the thing, you know, maximizing exercises, exercising fitness through game, maximizing academics through game, maximizing, um, cooperative learning through game and participation and opportunities for success through game and skill learning performance. I mean, I can just go on and on. That's the kind of stuff that, Um, you know, I do with my student teachers and what I think what you're asking is, can that happen? I I don't know, but I would, I would love to train other folks. The hard part, the hard part is, is some people are like, well, I can't do that because I can't create unique games. Well, that, I don't, I mean, open has, has a ton of people that are being presenters that are just, they're using they're teaching other people's, you know, other people's things, but they're doing a great job of of getting it out there and teaching the skill sets to the other teachers. It doesn't necessarily have to be your own stuff. You know, the, my kind of claim to I show up, you're not going to hear someone else's stuff. Okay. It's, It's my stuff I created, but that's okay. That just happens to be my area of strength and my thing. Okay. But you know, if you want to go, um, to another workshop and they're sharing someone else's idea that doesn't matter it's 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 what you're talking about as far as sharing the skills to other teachers so they can go back to their school and teach those skills to their students and I, I kind of feel like that's what my workshops are doing when you come to oh, a no workshop doubt. and spend the day yeah. with me that's what I'm trying to give you in just a matter of a few hours my life that I've you know spent trying to figure out who I am and what I'm doing I'm trying to share that with you in a day of course I wasn't able to do that as effectively with you because we there was three presenters and I'm just kind of putting it all in a nutshell but I guess that's kind of really what we're doing is we bring those teachers in and we train them and give them and then you take you know what what we you know presented and you take the things that you liked the things that you are passionate about and things that you're like this is what will work with my kids i don't expect you to come watch me and go hey i'm gonna be a you know cookie cutter of this guy right here i, I would expect you to go you know what not really a fan of that but you know what i love that i want to tweak that and you take it back and you work with your kids and you share it with your colleagues and things like that so i take i guess we're kind of doing that when we do these workshops and travel around and 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 do that so hopefully um pete and dave and i will Get another workshop going. I think we're working towards a, maybe a South Carolina or a Tennessee workshop coming up where I guess that's what we're going to try to do.
0: Yeah, and you guys need to do like a um, a super team. Add Ben Perrello, um, all ben. those guys. Man, I mean, there's some great guys out there. Just have like a super clinic.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, um, that's the cool yeah. thing. We get to cross paths with a lot of good folks out there. Yeah, Ben's a friend of mine. Um, definitely a great guy out of Texas for sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, um, Hey, my last, one of my last questions is this, if you were mentoring a first year PE teacher, what three goals would you give them to get them moving in the right direction? Cause I know you are, you probably already do that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I'm going to tell them, well, first of all, I'm going to find out, I mean, well, I would say, are you passionate about what you're doing, but let's, let's get step away from that. I would <laughs> I would tell them, look, you're going to walk away with tons of activities and games. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you a plenty of stuff to take back and pull from whatever you want. But if you don't have a grasp of classroom and behavior management, mm-hmm. these kids will eat you alive. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will spend most of my time helping them understand the types of strategies they can use from the you know, one of my most famous things, I created the problem-solving area, which, you know, Ben has tweaked, Ben Landers has p- tweaked and made the conflict corner. Mm-hmm. And of course, he, I think he made it much better than what I had. You know, that was kind of the beginning phase of how to get kids communicating and talking. And, um, but if they don't have a, a, a grasp of how to get the class set up and prepared and moving and flowing well, and they don't have a way to address tattling and behavioral issues and things like that, it's going to put them, it's going to put them in an early grave, you know? And so that I would say those two things would be my biggest focus. And then creating a curriculum that's fun and engaging. And once they, they, they build along, build off those three things, then they will do well. And, and I, and I tell my student teachers, I'm like, Hey guys, you're not going to walk into a school and accomplish this in the first year. If you have if you go into a middle school program and you want to change it, you teach those seventh and eighth graders but sell out on your sixth graders And then when those seventh and eighth graders graduate those sixth graders and everybody that's under them, they're only going to know your way and your focus and I tell that in elementary high school I mean you just it's going to take a few years to get what you want. And it's going to take time and, you know, figuring out, you know, finances and the equipment and space and the class site. There's just so many different things that are thrown at you, but it's going to take time and just, you know, one step at a time. And sometimes it's baby steps and sometimes it steps backward, but don't give up. Eventually, you will get to where you want to. And I tell them, I'm like, look, this is my 24th year. At about year 17 or 18, I'm like, I think I'm I kind of getting this figured out. <laughs> I mean, that took, that's a long time. I feel like if I could train you, I could get you to where you want to in a few years because now that I have all the strategies and ideas that I had to learn in the School of Hard Knocks, but it took me about 17 years for me to sit back and go, okay, I, I, I'm comfortable. I feel like I need, I'm where I need to be to be an effective physical educator.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm gonna add to that because I love those. It's grit, man. You got to work at it, man. (laughs) You got a lesson plan. You got to put the time in, and I'm not sure how many. I think that's really the key, and you got to constantly seek out better things than what you're doing. Uh, I don't know if that's being taught, man. It's. I mean, you're right. That class management is absolutely huge. Um, but you got to get out there and you got to, you got to, you got to learn, right? You got to get out there, go to, go to clinics, go to seminars. Um, that's a lot of work. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Got to get in the trenches for sure.
0: Got to get in the trenches. Hey, my last question is this, is um, personality. I think, and um, now I, I don't think I would be a good middle school uh, PE teacher on that, but with the elementary kids um, I got a certain temperament. I think you, I think part of success is entertainment. I think you got to love the kids and you got to get in there and have joy with them. Um, Isn't that something that is that not being taught? Because I think that's really important.
1: I I think it's um, you know every individual's different. I had a guy on Twitter. he, He tweeted me the other day and he goes. These huts aren't built for adults, but I sure tried to go through them with the kids. You know, he was do he was building the hula huts with the kids, and he was trying to crawl through them himself. And I'm like, yeah,
0: kids hey, love man. that. Yeah, right, that's yeah. Getting
1: down in the trenches today, we're playing a game, and I'm wearing a crown. I'm the I'm the king. It's my you're <laughs> in my kingdom. And yes. I'm walking around with a crown on. Of course, a lot of them is ticking off because I'm they're they're my peasants, and I'm like so I'm just messing with them, but. I, I'm the king, you know, and I'm, I'm creating that environment for them. That's a new world right now and just tweaking it, you know, and of course some of the games that you, I know I did at, at the workshop where I create scenarios for them and you know, I, I it's, it's, it's about creating an atmosphere. And if it's, if it's you, you know, dressing up or acting out awesome. If it's you putting something up on the screen to get them, you know, engaged in something, that's fine too. We all are different in what we bring to the table, but it sure helps when you bring that energy in front of the class and and you can laugh at them and you can laugh at yourself and you can cut up with them. I mean, that, you know, because kids, you know, they they know if you love it. You're just like someone that you get up and teach dance, they're going to know if you hate it. And if you hate it, they're going to probably not like it and do what you want to do. But if you're uh, acting like a clown and having a good time with them, they're more than likely going to embrace it. So I don't know. That's my, that's my opinion on
0: it. That's great, man. I appreciate that. JD, man, it's been, it's been, it's been fabulous, man. I appreciate you sharing with us. And uh, I want to know there's going to be a lot of people trying to contact you. I have all your stuff on my site and uh, all your contact information, but tell the listeners how they can purchase your products um, PE2 to the max and
1: also uh, how can they get a hold of you well they can if they if anybody ever wants to email me and anybody that no- has ever emailed me they know that I will respond to them but my email address is p e the number two the max at bellsouth.net if you email me with questions or about anything I will get you your information if you want to check out my website and see all six books all my dvds or anything i've ever written go to www.pe to the max.com you can always follow me on twitter at at pe to the max again it's pe with the number two the max and you know if you email me you want an order form i can shoot that to you you can order anything i've ever done on my website and then of course on teachers pay teachers i have uh, my stuff on there as well but Um, you are more than welcome to contact me anytime and I will help you out however I can.
0: Yeah. Coaches take it, take advantage of that, man. JD, I got to tell you, man, you are a true legend in the PE field, man. I, and that, that's, that's just not a word, man. You, you've meant a lot to a lot of PE teachers and you meant a lot to my career. So I really appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: Well, I appreciate you, Kevin, again, for the opportunity and, um, and again, it's in Christ's name that I do these things. Cause if anybody knows me, I'm an idiot and goofball, but it's in Christ that gives me purpose and peace. And, um, thank you again, Kevin and anybody, if you ever need anything, just holler and I will take care of you. God bless y'all. All
0: right. Thanks JD. Appreciate it.
1: Take care, man. All right. All right. Take care. Right. Bye.
0: Coaches, how are you? I want to talk a little bit about my friend JDU's website called PPE 2 the Max, and uh, it's at pe 2 themaxcom You need to go to it. You're gonna. There's some great items there. Um, you got some great books. He's got eight, nine, uh, probably eight to twelve books that he has produced. I got them all. You got DVDs. You got a bunch of freebie lesson plans. Uh, you can sign up for his membership. You got tons of teacher resources. You got videos. Man, you just got great stuff. P.E. to the Max by J.D. Hughes. So you can get all his great resources, books, everything. Please go to the website and support J.D. and continue to grow as a, as a P.E. teacher. Thank you. coaches how are you hey make sure to check out my friends at dr dish basketball they were a main sponsor of my legends clinic last year and i got to see in person why the dr dish is undoubtedly the best shooting machine on the market i'm super excited to get one in my program here soon as a matter of fact it's already in the process of being ordered the technology and versatility of the machine are unmatched Make sure to check out their product lineup and their new Dr. Dish CT machine on their website at drdishbasketball.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at drdishbball. Mention this podcast and you can save $300 extra on your next Dr. Dick, Dr. Dish purchase. Get one soon. This is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast.